And that was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. We threw that game. We gave it away by doing that. We gave them the friggin' game. In my opinion, that sucked. What's that? Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Welcome back. We are back with another edition, a postseason fantasy edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John Barry, my co-host, Matt Walker, and our friends at Expand the Box Score. So, as I just alluded to, 99% of leagues, the regular season has ended. We are into the fantasy postseason. Uh, some leagues started a week ago, some start in a week. Whatever, weirdos. Most of the everyone else is on this page, so kick rocks and get used to it. So, Walk, how are you? How'd you do in your leagues this year, and where you want to get started? I'm extremely tired, John, but doing well. I uh, didn't even get into this pre-show that I just got back from Florida at you know the wee hours <laughs> of this morning um, due to a flight cancellation. Uh, I was supposed to fly on Monday night. Flew on Monday night instead. Um, so playing a bunch of catch-up. Um Missed a good amount of football, you know, throughout. Was was busy all weekend, but played played some catch up uh, yesterday, and then caught uh, caught the end of the games, the the Monday night doubleheader um, that ultimately ended up being a pretty good combo of games from at least a you know being competitive until the end um, standpoint. And then as far as the playoffs are concerned, largely made them where I was trying to make them, and didn't where I wasn't. Um, so that's, that's what we, we ultimately try to accomplish, right? Where we're, where we're trying to tank or productively struggle or whatever term you want to use. I, I did that thing. Um, and then in the leagues where I was trying to, where I'm trying to win some money, you know, to pay for all those other leagues where I'm yeah. contributing, you know, I, I, I am in. So, uh, hopefully I can take down a couple and, you know, just continue to fund this, uh, passion of ours. Yeah, so the wife doesn't yell at me. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of kind of same boat. I'm either picking first or second where I was hoping to, or I'm um, first round by. I got a few, you know, squeezed in at the last minute. There, got a few where my my tanking fell apart on me. But yeah, a little bit of A, a little bit of B in my main home league. Uh, I worked out a trade a couple weeks ago. Um, we had been working on it for like two weeks, and then you know, going back and forth. And what about this instead of this big, you know, multiplayer, multi-pick thing. <laughs> and we finally agreed to it a couple of weeks ago, but it was uh, like a couple minutes after the Thursday night game kicked off. And that apparently was the league trade deadline. So the, the deal didn't go through. I was going to get in the playoffs anyway. It was kind of already set in that league. Uh, but I'm ended up playing the guy that I was going to do the trade with. So now I'm hoping that all the players he was going to get come back and kick his dick in in this round of the playoffs just to just to see it happen to somebody else. Because typically I, I'm on the other end of that and I get <laughs> screwed. Yeah, I mean I'm in so many leagues where the where the trade deadline is so different. You know, I'm in some leagues where there isn't one. I'm in some where it already happened. I'm in some where it's it's before this Thursday night's game. So before the fantasy playoff start so it's impossible to keep that all straight you know i had a league where i have zeke and 
I tried, I put them up on the block and someone immediately wrote back and said, trade deadline was last week. I was like, of course it was when he wasn't worth dick, you know, and now he's a, he's a hot commodity sitting on my rebuilding team worth a shit. Yeah. So that, that was fun to get that quick notice of, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's good. That's great. Yeah. He's just going to die on my roster. Because he hasn't, you know, because Ramondre Stevenson couldn't have caught a high ankle a week earlier, right? No, no way story. that could happen. So, who were the players? Do you recall the players in your trade that didn't go through? I'm actually just curious. I know the main two, and, and unfortunately, you'll see why. I, I, I'm really uh, sitting here with uh, good luck. What do you call it? Cross fingers. Uh, mm-hmm. Keenan Allen, who gets to catch balls. From Easton Stick for this week, mm. at least, and the rest of the year. Yeah. Oh, is it the, the year officially? Oh, it's a broken middle finger on his right hand. I thought it was the index. Wasn't it? anyway. The index. What's that? The pointer finger. Yeah. I mean, I think that's pretty important for throwing a football. I think it's, I think it's the most important. Yeah. <laughs> Besides yeah. the thumb. Yeah. He, he, I, I, and they're eight and they're five and eight. So I, I don't think Justin Herbert's going to play again this year personally. But oh. yeah. That's rough. Yes. And uh, Aaron Jones was another one. And who knows if he's going to be back yet. And who was the other person? Those are, it was, a, it was guys like that. Older guys that, mm. you know, had some value. Now the irony also, the flip side is had we made the deal, he, <laughs> we still would have probably been playing each other and he would have had the two guys he traded for both having a, a shit week, if not even not playing. So, now yeah. that I got him. I'm hoping for something good. Had we made the deal, he would have got burnt. So, who were you getting? Picks. Wow. Oh, okay. All right. Bunch of picks and like you know, some goofy throw in. Yeah. This this Aaron Jones swan song season isn't really going according to plan, right? This was supposed to be like the the big finale for him in Green Bay, and just picking up. Injury after injury, you know, where he I mean, practiced it limited all weekend and still was inactive. I'm like, and then they go and lose on Monday night. So, you know, I'm curious as to if they're going to quote unquote rush him back at any point as the Packers oh, are fighting for their playoff lives. Lots of things haven't gone according to plan. No, no, that's this fantasy season. So, yeah, we, we want to dive into kind of a postseason, but we still do have, you know, these these segments that the, the audience has come to appreciate. So I do think we probably should do it, do an abridged version of the one key stats and then your targets and trends episode. And then we'll kind of get into some some playoff matchups, um, you know, and, and any key takeaways we have from this season. How's that sound? Sounds like a plan to me, sir. All right. Well, the easiest start in this transition was to speak about Zeke um, with that Thursday night football game where the Patriots, I guess, upset the Steelers 21 to 18. I, I've said all along, I think Steelers stank. They're, they're, they were a hollow seven and four team. Now they're a seven and six team. But Zeke got all he could handle. 22 carries, 68 yards, caught seven of eight targets for 72 yards and a touchdown. He was PPR RB2 this past week and totally useless in the aforementioned league where I t- tried to trade him. And he's probably useless for 90% of people that have him on their roster because I don't see – he didn't do shit all year, so a lot of people probably moved them off. And I doubt any competitive teams were trading for Zeke um, unless their deadline hadn't passed yet. So totally useless uh, finish for Zeke at PPR RB2 last week on Thursday Night Football. 
Getting on to the Sunday games, the Buccaneers defeated the Atlanta Falcons. Both teams are now six and seven, which I think the the Buccaneers are. I'm sorry, I think that the Saints. What are the Saints? Let me. Where are they? First place. First place. Six and seven. Tampa. All three of them are six and seven. Tampa. Yeah. So three six and seven teams uh, right now in that fantastic <laughs> NFC South. But out of nowhere, Drake London drops. 10 catches, 172 yards, and still no touchdowns. Great performance, 11 targets, but still has not scored since week four for those Falcons. On the Buccaneer side, it was pretty much Rashad White because no one really did shit. Uh, Mike, Mike Evans didn't have a good game. Chris Godwin, Chris Godwin, but uh, Rashad White found 100 yards on the ground and also caught a touchdown. So he's been fantastic from the zero RB space. But that NFC South is a, is a nightmare. None of these teams deserve to host a playoff game. That's that's the key. The key takeaway here is whoever gets it will get trounced by a wild card team in their home stadium in a few weeks. On to another six and seven team. The Los Angeles Rams travel to Baltimore to lose to the Ravens. 37-31, high scoring affair. Uh, Ravens went to 10 and 3 on the season. And just when we thought we could bury Cooper Cup, throwing that last shovel of dirt on him, he goes and catches. Eight of ten targets for 115 yards and a touchdown. So right now on the on the brink of the fantasy football playoffs, Cooper Cup, you know, Groundhog's Day pops his head out, you know, from from the dirt and provides us with a uh, wide receiver one finish in a high scoring affair. On to the NFC North, the Detroit Lions lose in Chicago. To the Chicago Bears, twenty-eight to thirteen. Bears go to five and eight. Lions fall to nine and four. DJ Moore is a certified alpha with Justin Fields under center. He had three carries for twenty yards and a rushing touchdown. Also caught six to ten targets for sixty-eight yards and a receiving touchdown. He was PPR wide receiver two on the week. If Fields is active, DJ Moore is absolute must start. And I love that they're getting them the ball in the run game too. Do you like a fun stat from that game? Love it. The Bears. It's the first time in 10 years that they've won coming off their bye. It's the first time in 10 years that they won coming off their bye. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So <laughs> they're they, the they anti Andy Reid. Yeah, I was going to say, they, you know, they, they just all relaxing during the bye. No one's scheming. It's like, no, we're really taking the week off, coaching staff included. Yeah. <laughs> just relax. Across the board. Yeah. Okay, and the Lions just showing a, a ton of holes. They are not a a force come playoff time. I think they'll be a, a fun wild card game where I would not be surprised if they lose to whomever they face and are one and done because their defense still is just not good and their offense can, can be contained, it seems, a little bit. Um, they're just limited weapons you know, in, in the passing game still you know, is going to be their downfall. The Indianapolis Colts went to Cincinnati to face Jake Browning and the surging Cincinnati Bengals. Both teams are now seven and six. Bengals won 34 to 14 in this game, blew the doors off of the Colts. Jake Browning is keeping his offense afloat, and the main beneficiaries are these running backs. Huge game by Chase Brown where he caught a long touchdown, but Joe Mixon is finally getting volume in this offense, but it's at the detriment of Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Also, the last two weeks, Zach Moss, who was supposed to be like this savior 
when Jonathan Taylor went down with injury. The last two weeks when Zach Moss has been reinstated as a starter, he has had 32 carries for 79 scoreless yards. He's averaged 2.5 yards per carry. Wah, wah, wah. On to an exciting game that I wish I would have watched. The Jacksonville Jaguars had went to Cleveland to do battle with the Joe Flacco-led Cleveland Browns. The Browns won 31-27. Both teams are now 8-5 and five on the season, and this game was all about the tight end position. Evan Ingram secured 11 of 12 targets for 95 yards and two touchdowns. Meanwhile, Chief David Njoku caught six of his eight targets for 91 yards and two touchdowns. What a game for my favorite fantasy football position. Yeah, and Cleveland was going into that game, I believe, the absolute best team at uh, stopping opposing tight ends for fantasy. Yeah, I'm I'm wondering, Christian Kirk was out and Trevor Lawrence was hobbled. Lawrence threw three picks in this game, too, that, uh, I don't know, it seemed like he was hyper-focused on getting Evan Ingram the ball here with 12 targets uh, on the game, I believe, if I recall. Most of his attempts went to either Evan Ingram or Calvin Ridley. And it's just Evan Ingram did more with them than, uh, than Ridley did. Yeah. So 12 targets to Evan Ingram, uh, 13 went to Calvin Ridley. So 27, 25. Oh shit. He threw it 50 times. <laughs> That's only 50% of their targets. Zay Jones saw 14 targets as well. He actually led the team. Did not know that. Cause he was so far down on the list. Cause he only caught five of them for 29 yards on the game. That is, that is nuts. Zay Jones did so little with, with so much, but hey, great for the tight end position. And fun fact on those Cleveland Browns and being able to shut down the tight end. Well, I think we'll be talking about that a little later in these uh, playoff matchups. So speaking of, you know, we mentioned the Saints earlier. So now the other two teams in the NFC South and Panthers went down to the big easy to get worked over by the Saints, 28 to six Saints, six and seven on the season. Panthers are one and 12. Fun fact, Alvin Kamara caught three or five targets for negative 11 yards on the game. And that is just further indication that Derek Carr does, in fact, suck. That was, this is the final. Made it this far. This was the final uh, straw that broke your back. I mean, I, I've, I've held it in for a while, but after David, <laughs> David Carr got all chirpy, you know, about that Jalen Hurts should sit and all, you know. Attention turned at his brother, who's who's just terrible, just just terrible. How he got this gig in in New Orleans is beyond me. Jameis Winston is a better real NFL quarterback and fantasy quarterback. Would definitely that, be better for fantasy. Definitely for fantasy. That that went without saying. I, I felt like I had to lead with he's a better real quarterback because that's probably debatable. But their car is not good. I mean that that that's certifiable. He he's, he wasn't worth the deal. And the Saints, all they're doing is kicking the can on mediocrity. They can't win a Super Bowl with their cars or quarterback and are stuck with them for like I think the next three years. It's weird. They just they just don't want to bottom out, and that's what they should do and get their salary right. But instead, they're they're still trying to stay in this window. And uh window's closed there. Saints fans. Yeah, they all need to fucking bottom out. Yeah. The prob yeah. the problem is, I mean, I, I said that as a joke. The problem is these <laughs> none of the teams in that division can bottom out like they're all you know what i'm saying you can't all bottom out at the same time it's like if you and i are in you only play that team twice a year you know carolina can suck all they want 
No, but I'm saying one of them must make the playoffs. Yeah, only one. (laughs) They're fucked. Yeah, I get it. Like anything can happen, you get it. No, rarely does a team that doesn't deserve to be there win the Super Bowl. Right. So all it does is impact your your draft picks and you know your ability to do the right thing. You know, getting your salary cap right. So I agree with you. No one's running away with this to make it easier for a team to say, okay, well, it's not our year. Right. These teams, coaches know they're. They're year to year. These GMs, they can't really burn it down because then they're re- they're building a house for the next owner, right? So I get it. It doesn't work that way. It's not like us talking about tanking on our one of our fantasy teams, but yeah, none of these teams uh, are, are Herbert Herbert officially out for the year. Yeah, I, I I was certain of that. I mean, they're they're out of the playoff race. He just he broke his a finger on his left hand earlier in the season, breaking finger on his right hand, like. It, it just sit him until Brandon Staley is not their head coach anymore. That's that's what they need to do, and hopefully that's what happens because now they're going they're going straight to the toilet. I think they were five and eight, so they're going to finish what five and twelve on the year. That should that should get him out of it officially, right? No more Brandon Staley. That's what we believe will happen. Although now you know, make Johnny happy. Now they have. Plausible deniability, right? They go, well, I mean, we only we only fell apart and sucked because we lost our quarterback to two injuries. This yeah. guy deserves another chance. I mean, I think he fucking sucks. Get him out of there. Yeah. Yeah, he gone. All right, moving on. Tank Dell gets hurt and the Texans fall apart. So they went to MetLife and lost to the Zach Wilson again led Jets 30 to 6. CJ Shaw got knocked the you know what out in this game, too. Um so we're probably going to be without Mr. Stroud for playoff week one, and he's been a bona fide stud uh, yeah. in the fantasy football world. But speaking on the Jets side, Zach Wilson looked good, and he got the studs home, which is all we want Zach Wilson to do. Brees Hall only had 10 carries, 40 yards, but caught eight of nine targets for 86 yards and a receiving touchdown. Garrett Wilson saw 14 targets, caught nine of them for 108 yards, and also gave him a, a three-yard rush to boot. So – they are doing the right thing. Zach Wilson should never have been benched, honestly, when you're looking at Tim Boyle behind him and saying, let's let's see if this will fix shit. It wasn't all Zach Wilson's fault. And he's at least keeping the offense palatable at the end of the day and hyper-targeting uh, his studs with you know 23 of his pass attempts going towards Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's nuts that he wasn't getting – it, it, there's lots of nuts things going on there. I mean, you just go, you sink the ship with that guy, no matter what. Either yeah. he gets better or he gets the fuck out of there. Benching him. I, I mean, now he comes back. Let's say he does this for two more weeks. Now, what the fuck do they have on their hands? <laughs> the, the, either you bench him and just leave him benched, or you start him and leave him starting. This weird start him, bench him, start him again. I mean, you you have more questions going into the remainder of his career than answers at this point. Yeah, I mean, Tim Boyle was never the better answer. Like supposedly, no. like, he only came to the team because that's what Aaron Rodgers wanted him there. You know, to, to like to hang out with. I guess like brought. Oh, I didn't know they were another, buddies. Yeah, another Green Bay transplant. But yeah, you you can't blame Zach Wilson for everything that happened. You know, and then think yeah. Tim Boyle is a legitimate better solution for your team. It did sound like Robert Sala was getting a ton of pressure from the players to 
to make a change on the offensive side. And then I guess that those same players had a come to Jesus moment when they had two weeks of Tim Boyle, you know, with a sprinkling of Trevor Simeon. They're like, oh, we were wrong. We were wrong. Let's beg to get Zach back in here. And, you know, he, he looked good. He looked good. It's too little too late. I think they're like, a, I forget what they are, like 12% chance I think I saw, or even less than that, of making the playoffs. Right? So they they I, I, I like i like statistics and no matter what you tell me the answer is zero zero yeah, <laughs> 0.0 <laughs> but all of them on to a, a an epic a game of epic proportions the minnesota vikings went to your backyard las vegas beat the shit out of the raiders but an mlb score 3 nothing drubbing one and all I wrote, because there was really n- absolutely nothing to speak up from a fantasy football perspective here, is uh, I guess all Josh Dobbs had to do was throw Justin Jefferson a hospital ball to finally find the bench. And now we, <laughs> we usher in the Nick Mullins error in uh, in Minnesota. So now Jefferson's probably again done for the year because why is he going to come back, right? Like, I get it. They're a winning team, but he's got a, he's got a long-term contract coming his way. And if he had... If he has any type of damage, his back, his ribs, his you know, punctured lung, whatever it was from that hit, I, I could see him shutting it down for the remainder of the year and saying, Yeah, we'll we'll talk, you know, in the offseason. But I'm I'm not I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, going to the hospital, uh we'll do it. Yeah. Probably pissing blood. Oh yeah. Stupid Josh Dobbs. Like like a fucking man. Yeah. Yeah, right? Real men piss blood and don't miss a play and go back in the game. Yeah, they're 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 called Luke Musgrave, right? Like a lacerated spleen or something. Played the rest of the game. But hey, hey I digress. You know, I also haven't been staring at like twenty, thirty million dollars a year coming my way, right? Not gonna Drury. piss that away to, to show you I'm tough. Matthew, yeah, speaking of not tough, the Seattle Seahawks. Went San Fran, 49ers beat them 28 to 16. 49ers now 10 and 3 on the year, one seed in the NFC. Seattle falls to 6 and 7, and they will be hosting my Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football this week. Debo Samuel, the last two weeks, receiving totals 13 targets, 11 receptions, 265 yards, and three touchdowns. Rushing four carries, 23 yards, two touchdowns. Dude has been on an absolute mission the last few weeks and it's it it wasn't fun to see when he did it against my eagles but this debo is fun to watch he's an exciting player it's also hurting christian mccaffrey who's kind of losing some of that touchdown upside because debo took a one yard touchdown in this game as well Well, mccaffrey had the yardage but didn't get there because did you see the play where jordan mason scored the touchdown no but that's okay mccaffrey breaks loose he has that first drive Yes. Yeah. He has like that monster run. I, I believe yeah. wasn't 74 yards or something nuts. 72 was as long. So yeah, right out of the gate. 72 gets tackled at the fucking one. <laughs> and of course he's gassed and Mason runs it in there. Yeah. It, which if you watch football long enough, you knew exactly what was coming. So I was like, fuck, here we go. And then it happened and did. you, you would think better things were coming, but alas, twas not to be. Yes, first play of the game, Christian McCaffrey left tackle to Seattle's three for 72 yards. First and goal to three, Jordan Mason, right guard for a three-yard touchdown. 
Kind of, kind of just found those other three yards there, Christian, huh? But yeah, nonetheless, I mean, Debo is now must start territory because he is running so pure right now for the the surging 49ers. Two teams that aren't really surging. The Buffalo Bills went to Kansas City and defeated, I guess, you know, asterisk defeated per Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. The Kansas City Chiefs 20 to 17. Bills are now seven and six on the year. Chiefs fall to eight and five. But the person I wanted to focus on was wide receiver Rasheed Rice. His last three weeks have been 10 targets, eight receptions, 170 yards, 107 yards and a touchdown. Nine targets, eight receptions, 64 yards, no touchdown. And then this game, 10 targets, seven receptions, 72 yards, one touchdown. 29 targets the last three weeks. Mm -hmm. Finally getting the target attention that we've been screaming for all season uh, in Kansas City. And it's only going to get better from here. Rasheed Rice is a stud. So... I was going to bring these up separately, the Bears thing, and now this. Pat Mahomes, last six games. You ready where he finished in QB ranking for the week? Poopy pants. 32, 12, 14, 8, 17, and 18. This guy has been putting up stinkers for (laughs) weeks. And I I mean, for me, I am... Don't want to say I'm moving on here, but I, I don't know if he's even in the conversation for QB1 right now going into any drafts ever. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't thrown for 300 yards since he threw for 400 against the Chargers back on October 22nd. So he went the whole month of November and early December, his high was 298 against Las Vegas. He hasn't thrown for more than two touchdowns in any game since that huge Chargers game. Yes, you know, so he's just been super pedestrian, you know, and it's corresponding with, you know, Travis Kelsey hasn't been as good, and neither has this offense. Well, so imagine if Rasheed Rice wasn't hitting, this would be, uh, it would be a lot uglier than it is. He yeah. needs to run more, they need to take more shots. Um, and, and they need to figure something out because uh, they they are not looking like a threat um, this season. Honestly, I, the remaining schedule is at Patriots, which could be ugly. You know, Patriots just muddy it up. They've been actually really good on defense the last several weeks. Versus Raiders, versus Bengals for the fantasy football playoffs. So it's not a bad slate for for those players to get it right with two of the three games being at home. Um, but yeah, I have little faith uh, in them. They haven't scored 20 points in either of the last two weeks against the Packers or the Bills. You know, as a team, it's it's rough. Yeah, and I have Mahomes in quite a few spots, and there's nothing you can do with them, right? Yeah, you can't trade him away because you're not going to get what it's going to take to trade him away, and you have to start him because he's Patrick Mahomes. But yeah, he's been extremely pedestrian this year. It's an insult to pedestrians. You're right. These are pedestrians that get hit at crosswalks. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 league a, is, the league is the person that runs the, the light. <laughs> takes, takes out it is a very strange thing to see. And, of course, it's the first year I made sure to go heavy on Chiefs and redraft. So 
send your complaints to uh, the karma department. Yeah. I mean, it, it made far too much sense to make any sense, right? Such a consolidated tree. You know, Isaiah Pacheco finally getting lead back duties. It's Kelsey. It's Mahomes. You know, we both like Rasheed Rice because none of those other receivers are going to do dick. I mean, it made sense, right? The, the narrative was there. It just, it has not come to roost. Speaking of the AFC West, we're going to talk about the Broncos going to Los Angeles to beat the Chargers 24 to 7. The, Char- the Broncos are now 7 and 6, winning record. Chargers fall to 5 and 8. I had already wrote, Justin Herbert is done, and so are the Chargers skill players. John <laughs> confirmed that Herbert is done for the season. No offense to Easton Stick, but he ain't getting it done. The irony was that I think Austin Eckler got the got the memo from Brandon Staley of saying that they're going to use the hot hand and you know that you know Austin Eckler wasn't doing his job because Eckler was solid in this game. 10 for 51 and one rushing. He caught five of seven targets for 49. That's a hundred yards on the nose on only 15 touches and a touchdown. I mean, that's what you want from Austin Eckler. And unfortunately, I mean, unless we see a shit ton of Easton stick dump downs, that's, this is the best game we're going to get from him for the rest of the year, which is unfortunate. You know, hopefully, you know what though? We we've seen a couple of these backups and the worse backup, the better it's been. If I memory serves me correctly, they will just keep feeding the good players unless stick wants to be a fucking hero out there. I mean, if he, if he wants to do anything, he is just peppering. Keenan Allen and uh, Eckler. I, I don't see a path to success for him other than that at an alarming rate. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what should happen and what we ultimately want to happen, John, which is likely why it won't happen because that's how <laughs> life works. I mean, stick wasn't bad. 13 to 24 for 179 yards, 7.5 yards average. I mean, I – I don't have the splits of who got it all, but I mean, Keenan Allen saw 12 targets on a day, by far the most on the team, followed up by Gerald Everett's eight and then Austin Eckler's seven. Um, but Alex Erickson also saw seven targets, only caught one of them for nine yards. So I had to got to call that stat line out to somehow Alex Erickson commanded seven targets on the game. That sounds like kind of your thing, right? Where Easton Stick probably throws to Alex Erickson a lot with the, the second team offense. So, yep. Probably a large portion of those targets and incomplete passes were uh, via Mister Stick. But uh, let's see how the how the Chargers finish. They uh, they play Thursday night, so they had a quick turn uh, for Stick of getting some first team snaps. But it is at the Raiders, not the worst game environment ever. And then their first Bills at Broncos. Yeah, they're done. They're going to get eviscerated. So hopefully you get a little bit on Thursday night football um, out of Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler because. It's only going to get worse from there, but we'll keep running. Sunday night football, my Eagles ugh, get absolutely turned inside out by the Dallas Cowboys, 33 to 14. It wasn't even that close. This game was a travesty. Turn, ton of turnovers by the Eagles look like shit. Dallas Cowboys look really good. Jalen Hurts threw the ball to three players the entire game. Literally, not I'm not being mm. not being like. Why didn't he throw it to more people? No, he really only threw it to three people. A.J. Brown saw 13 targets. Devonta Smith saw 10. Dallas Goddard saw four. They didn't throw it to the running back once. The only other person to get a target was uh, Olamide Zacchaeus, who caught it from our punter on a fake punt early in the game. So no targets to any other receivers, to any other tight ends, or to any running backs in this game. 
something is something is something is wrong in Philadelphia, and hopefully we we figure it out in short. See, I don't I don't hate that though. I mean, for fantasy, I wouldn't either if they did anything with it. Well, true story. I mean, it, sure, they, there's it's okay to hyper target, but there should be like a random throw to a running back here and there, John. I mean, it's just it's that sounds too easy to defend if there's not even a threat otherwise. You know, we didn't throw a touchdown, so A.J. Brown ended up with 9 for 94, lost a fumble. Devonta Smith ended up with 5 for 73, also lost a fumble. Dallas got to cut all four of his for 30 yards. That doesn't help you at all. And then, um, what's his name? Uh, Jalen Hurts also lost a fumble in the game. So it was just a, an absolute disaster um, of a performance. <laughs> so, yeah, the only thing that, that we were able to do was score a defensive touchdown uh, on the game which meant absolutely nothing. So enough about that. We're going to we're gonna blast these Monday nighters, which were good games. Again, I don't want to disrespect the, these two teams, but there's just not a lot of fantasy relevance in here. But the Tennessee Titans <laughs> head down to South Beach and beat the Dolphins. This was the first Dolphins home loss this season, 28-27. to 27, And DeAndre Hopkins is quietly emerging for a fantasy run. His last two weeks, 12 targets five receptions 75 yards and a touchdown then last night he had 12 targets seven receptions 124 yards and a touchdown will levis was slinging it against the dolphins so hopefully we're on to a little something here with deandre hopkins and the fantasy football players and then the last game their green bay packers went to new york to lose to the Tommy DeVito-led New York Giants, 24-22 to in epic fashion giants are five and eight on the season packers fall to six and seven. The only player of significance, I mean, Saquon had a ton of work, but Jaden Reed, four carries, 38 <laughs> yards, and one rushing touchdown, 10 targets, eight catches for 27 yards. He was just a quiet PPR monster. That is 10.7 PPR points as a pass catcher for that shit performance. And then you get to just sprinkle on what he did as a rusher. They also tried to give him the two point conversion rush attempt. That was unsuccessful. That's ultimately why they lost uh, on the game. Cause they tried to trick run play after they scored for the two pointer. And then they allowed the giants to go down and kick the field goal to win. But nonetheless, Jaden Reed has been extremely fantasy relevant and they are trying to get this kid the ball as well. Mm-hmm. And Good that is the one key stats. Go oh, get a. They are. Get a fun Miami thing for you. Do you see their? Have you seen their schedule the rest of the way? No, is it? It's hard, right? Good, Good luck, Dolphins. This yeah. week you get the Jets at home. So, all right, that's a likely win. Next week at Dallas, you're in trouble. The following week, oh no, I'm sorry, they're home against Dallas, but that ain't going to be an easy game. The following week, they're at Baltimore. Good luck with that. And then the last game of the season, they're playing uh, Buffalo in Miami. There is a better than 50% chance that they go fucking one and three. <laughs> they are in, I think they are in trouble. Yeah, I, I think this might have been a, they looked beyond the Titans in this one. Um, in a mm-hmm. game they had to win, right? To get to 10 and three, they would have held the one seed. Now they lost it um, to the Baltimore Ravens. And with that remaining schedule, I mean, they need to hold on um, to the playoffs, you know, at this point in time. I mean, they should have enough of a lead in their division. They have a two-game lead over the Bills right now, but, I mean, yeah, they're 
They 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 had a tremendous opportunity that, to pretty that much game clinch. against Buffalo is likely going to be for the division. Yeah, I guess it depends who the who the Bills get the next couple. So the Bills get the Bills are playing the Cowboys on Sunday. Um that should be a huge letdown game for the Cowboys. It's in Buffalo. I could see the Bills winning that game. Then they're at Chargers versus Patriots. And then to your point, they finished this season at the Dolphins. So yeah, if the Bills can beat Dallas, they should beat the Chargers and the Patriots. And yeah, that week uh, 18 in Miami could be for the division. And ultimately could mean that Miami goes from two weeks ago having the first uh, overall spot in the AFC to not making the playoffs at all, potentially. Because just, the, just the AFC my- North has all four teams at seven and six or or higher. So, and then the AFC South has three or four teams at seven or six and mm-hmm. higher. So, there's other teams that if they get on a run, that they can find their way into like a nine win, and potentially push the Dolphins even out of a wild card spot. And and not looking at everybody's schedule, but just seeing these names in here, these were teams that had shitty records a season ago that should have easier. On paper, easier remaining schedules. In theory, yeah, that's a, it's a, it's a, less, it's a bad run for those for those dolphins. Less than ideal. All the, the skill position players that we are trusting. Yes. All right, so less than ideal is very well said. So why don't you quick give us run through your, here? Yeah, some snap count stuff. Uh, obviously, very few things are going to matter for the playoffs. There's no more buys. There's nothing like that. You're going to be playing your studs. A few injuries did pop up this week. You may have to adjust a bit on your rosters. But I'll start with the two I talked about last week with Washington and Arizona that were on the buy. But Antonio Gibson, I, I was looking last night. I didn't see any updates on Brian Robinson's injury. But Antonio Gibson is probably startable in the playoffs. So. Pinch your nose and cross your fingers for that. Arizona, Michael Carter could get a little more work this week. However, it's a pretty shitty matchup against the Niners, but he's worth stashing at the bottom of your roster. Um, Tennessee, uh, Tajay Spears has been involved a bunch. Uh, The last uh, game here, seven carries, 29 rushes, caught six of eight targets for 89 in the air. They'll get you. Gotcha, 100 yards total in the game there with, with those six receptions, too. You're looking at 16-ish points this week. So he's certainly playable, even in a game where Derrick Henry had two touchdowns. So he might be a viable option. Pittsburgh stinks. The problem is they have a lot of fantasy-relevant players. Good luck picking between Pickens or Deontay Johnson each week. They're getting very similar target volume since they fired Matt Canada and kind of the same thing with Warren and Harris. The, their usage is very similar. Uh, Warren's getting a little more used in the passing game one game. Then Harris is more in the running game. Then he'll kind of flip it from week to week. So unless you know something I don't know, good luck picking between those guys on a week-to-week basis. Um, kind of more of a dynasty stash. Like we were talking about how dog shit Derek Carr is. Maybe he gets benched, gets hurt again. I, I re- A.T. Perry in, in best ball leagues, uh, he caught one ball this week, but it was for 44 yards. Little four-game stretch since he came back. Ten targets, five receptions for 119 and a touchdown. So he he is their big play field stretcher guy, especially with the other injuries they've had there. I really like him in best ball. I kind of like the upside going forward, but 
we'll see how that plays out. Uh, but definitely a, a dynasty stash, somebody I would grab if he's still on waivers in a dynasty league to just have him for next year, see what happens. Minnesota, you mentioned that terrible game, so nobody was probably paying any attention to this, but uh, excuse me, Chandler, 56% snap share to Alexander Madison's 32, so almost doubled them up. Um, 12 carries for 35 for Chandler, but Matson was more productive on the ground, 10 for 66. But in the air, Chandler caught three of three, only seven yards, but Matson didn't catch his one uh, target. They came, they were just coming off the bye, so maybe they've seen enough of Madison. Chandler would be somebody I would be eagerly playing uh, going through the playoffs here. He seems to have supplanted Madison. Obviously, one game is not a huge sample size, but we'll see what happens. The Los Angeles Rams, 2-2 Atwell, out Demarcus Robinson in. Davis Allen before you, uh, before you in. Yes. Uh, Alexander Madison, high ankle sprain. Mm, well, then he's out anyway. So Ty Chandler wheels up for the fantasy playoffs. <laughs> I don't remember who we were laughing about last week, but yeah, there's going to be some real fucking ugly championship rosters this year. <laughs> Ty Chandler, Zeke, Tajay Spears. These are the names that are carrying you to the fantasy championship. Um, but Davis Allen got more involved going back to the Rams. Uh, rookie, we kind of liked him, but obviously he was buried behind Higby. We know Higby's not long for uh, the Rams, so be interesting to see how that kind of transpires. I know in a couple leagues I saw a lot of people picked up Hunter Long, hoping he might get the work, but nope. It was Davis Allen. He had, uh, since he's been playing, what do we got here? Four receptions, five targets, 50 yards, and a touchdown. Definitely a deep stash at tight end. I, I know a lot of people don't even know who he was. You mentioned Alex Erickson earlier talking about these terrible chargers, but for some reason he is their new wide receiver three. But with that quarterback, it doesn't matter. Out of nowhere, Kansas City Chiefs, we're talking about their offense stinking. All of a sudden, uh, Tony came out 44% snap share. That's the highest he's had all year. So whatever has been going on with that guy, whether it's been injuries or playing like shit or getting arrested or fill in the blanks, suddenly he supplanted MVS and Sky Moore in terms of pecking order. He's still number three uh, behind Watson and our boy, Rasheed Rice. But interesting to see him suddenly get a ton of work for no real explainable reason. Uh, Parker Washington, two games. He's been number three in snaps, nine targets, eight receptions for 88 and two touchdowns. So nice rookie premiere for him. Um, definitely going to be involved going forward. I, that that Christian Kirk injury opens up a spot for him in the lineup. So it'll be interesting to see how he gets used to finish out the fantasy playoffs. Another guy. I'm starting him in a couple leagues. I started him this week and I will continue to do so. Another key piece to 2023 20, fantasy championships. Um, Indianapolis, stay away from their tight ends. Kylan Granson, 38% snap share. Mo Alley-Cox, 28. Andrew Ogletree, 27. Will Mallory, 31%. Good luck rolling the dice on which one of those guys is going to catch a pass for you. Yuck. Uh, Nico Collins got banged up. Not only are they missing uh, Tank Dell in Houston, but Nico Collins picked up a calf injury early in that game. An interesting kind of shake out of the snaps. Out of nowhere, Xavier Hutchinson comes in with 73% snap share. He might be the guy that's like going to be plugged into that Collins role if he misses significant time. And Mechie got a 50% snap share in this game because he's kind of filling that tank Dell role where Woods and Brown are kind of the 
de facto one and two by default. You could see this team wanting to kick the tires on Hutchinson and Mechie, who are more, in my opinion, one-for-one replacements for Collins and uh, Tank Dell. We'll see how it goes forward with those guys missing, see if Collins misses any time. And if Stroud is out, I mean, what can you expect from Mills at quarterback? So who knows? Detroit Lions, Jameson Williams, 58% snap share to Josh Reynolds, 55%, only significant because it's the first time all year that Williams outsnapped Reynolds. Didn't do shit with it. I think he had one carry, and that was it. I don't think he even caught a ball. So didn't do anything with it, but interesting to see him on the field a little more. Uh, Denver, Julian McLaughlin slowly picking up. A couple weeks ago, I was talking about him trending down. Now he's kind of picking up a little bit. Not that it's at P. Ryan's expense. P. Ryan's just kind of leveled off, but definitely getting McLaughlin more involved on the ground. However, P. Ryan is still the preferred receiving option. He caught five of five targets for 36 and Jerry Judy fucking stinks. That guy dropped one of the easiest. I mean, not even dropped and went through his, you ever play a game with like your kids where you make a hoop with your hands and have your kid throw a ball through it. It was like that. I mean, he's, he's been a giant bust. He stinks. I hope they trade him in the off season. Um, Cincinnati chase Brown. You mentioned him earlier. Two game sample. No, you were not a fan of his coming in. And he, but 17 carries for 86 yards, caught four balls on four receptions for 88 and a touchdown. So not, not bad at all. Nice little performance for the guy in this uh, small sample. So, you know, we've talked about Mixon's contract over and over the last couple of years. It seems like if Chase Brown keeps this up through the end of the year, they may have a, a, a very, they have a lot of incentive to get rid of Mixon and then to close it out to horrific running back by committee nightmares going into the playoffs. You wish this would be more ironed out than it was. We'll start first with the bears last three games. Khalil Herbert mm-hmm. snaps here, 43, 21, 17% over that same span. Deonta Foreman, 24%. Then he was out for a game, then 55%. And then Roshan Johnson, 33%, 74%, 28%. So each game, it's been a different guy. There's no real reason or rhyme to it. I haven't seen anything indicating who it's going to be. So hopefully you don't need to count on any of those guys now that we're in the playoffs because they seem to just be spinning a wheel before kickoff is who is the lead back. And now out of nowhere in a similar situation, the Baltimore Ravens. We'll go a four-game sample here. Gus Edwards, our guy, 52, 38, 27, 28%. Uh, Justice Hill, 26, 26, 28, and then 42 this week. And then uh, Keith Mitchell, 24, 36, 46, 33. So Mitchell's the most consistent, but unfortunately he's also the big play guy, so he's more likely to get out there and lay a stinker for you. This is horrible timing. So – Good luck trusting these guys. If they got you there, you have no choice but to put them in there. But there is a chance if you have any of those six running backs, you're in for a letdown uh, in the playoffs, and I would pivot anywhere else if you have an option. But that is all I've got for the trends going in the playoffs. Yeah, that's uh, that's just – Critical information here, especially just with how some of those snaps are, are trending. It's funny in one league we both participate in. Some dude has been just consistently trying to trade me Gus Edwards for like the last month. And 
his first offer, I was never going to accept. And then he just continues like week after week to like offer like the same thing. I'm like, dude, I didn't accept that, you know, a month ago, you know, when he was still fantasy relevant. I go, they are totally factoring him out of the offense at this point in time. I don't, I'm glad I didn't trade for him a month ago from you. But yeah, he's he's useless because he's not going to catch balls if he's being reduced to a true timeshare with these other two guys that are both better pass catchers. Than he is, so it's a uh, it's an interesting time um, to be losing utilization, especially in one of the top offenses. Um, yeah, for those Baltimore Ravens. So from there, I feel like we'd probably uh, do a, a quick little um, playoff schedule and you know some guys' best and worst type matchups, rather than really going through waivers. There's there's no one that's going to help you on the waiver wire at this point in time in the fantasy football season. So we look at. And uh, I'm looking at Roto Bowler here. Just did a quick Google search. I was trying to look at you know the the, the strength of schedule, fantasy playoffs. Couldn't find it in advance, so I'm just going to rely on our good friends over there at Roto Bowler to, to talk about some of the players at the key positions that have best and worst matchups. So from the quarterback position, they indicate that Dak Prescott and Kyler Murray have the best fantasy football matchups. Dak Prescott goes at Buffalo, should be a high scoring game. At Miami. Should also be a high-scoring game. Then versus Detroit, so back in the friendly confines of Dallas Cowboys. I think it's actually called something else now, Stadium, against Detroit. These are all teams that should make them have to put up points offensively. So I get the Dak Prescott. Kyler Murray versus San Fran at Chicago at Philadelphia. Believe me, I get the at Philadelphia one. Um, But at Chicago at Philadelphia, I mean, they could be weather concerns those two weeks. So I'm not as bullish on Kyler Murray, but I get the rationale behind those two players, John. So what do you think about Dak Prescott and Kyler Murray as the best quarterbacks with fantasy football matchups? If if you have the buy talking about the Kyler Murray thing, I mean, if you have the buy, then it's not awful, but do you want to have him going against the Niners in the first week, you know, where you have to win to, to, to move on, I don't like that. I get the, I get the big picture of it all, but unfortunately, that's not how it works. You know what I mean? So, I I don't love that. And I mean, some guys are you know so far this year more or less have kind of been matchup proof. So in Dak's case, you know what he's yeah, done Dak is his body of right. <laughs> yeah, even if I mean, you know, saying opposite of Kyler Murray, with small sample size this year, we know what he's been in the past, but it's like even Dak against the Niners, you go, well, I guess I'm playing Dak. Yeah, don't don't disagree. Now we go to the flip side, the worst quarterback matchup, and you've kind of already indicated one of these two gentlemen. So yeah, Tua Tonga Vailoa has versus Jets versus Dallas at Baltimore in the next three weeks. And then also Trevor Lawrence, Jacksonville Jaguars, also dealing with an ankle injury, has versus Baltimore at Tampa Bay versus Carolina. Um, I wouldn't on paper see that as like tragic. I mean, the versus Baltimore, but at least they're at home. Um, at Tampa, I feel like you're throwing them rather than run on them. And in Carolina, I guess you just do what you want. Some of these teams must not throw a lot. But uh, Rotoball has them as a as a bad slate for Trevor Lawrence um, and those Jacksonville Jaguars. Tampa's a plus matchup. Uh, Baltimore's obviously always tough. And then um, 
Who was the third one for? Oh yeah, Carolina. Yeah, the Carolina one. They've been. I mean, I've done the sleepers and fades all year, and Carolina always pops up. And it doesn't. I mean, I know they've spent early draft capital on corners the last couple of years, so I know that they've got talent back there. But yeah, I, I almost wonder how much of that has just been game script dependent, right? Like they suck so bad, teams haven't had to throw a ton against them. So I, I, I haven't looked into it any more than <laughs> just pontificating. I look at it every week and I go, huh, that's weird. And then I just move on. But um, yeah, not, not the best yet Tua, I, the only good thing about that Miami schedule is they know they have to win and there's a chance. I mean, let's say the jets all of a sudden figured it out on offense, even in that game, there's a chance they're going to have to be in some firefights. So even though on paper I don't like it, they may not have a fucking choice but to chuck it all over the place. Although I know I was just reading Tyreek Hill uh, picked up a ankle injury. So hopefully that's not too bad. It doesn't hinder him uh, the rest of the way. But th- there is definitely – I'm not confident if yeah, I have calls for concern. I, <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, Hill was out for a lot of the snaps late in the game when I watched that, where they needed to score. They needed, you know, they 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 needed Tyree Kill in there, and he was out for a lot of plays. Just taking a quick glance at the Carolina Panthers on the season, they are allowing on average 186.4 passing yards, and have only given up 16 touchdowns while while taking while registering seven interceptions. So they're actually yeah they're they're pretty limiting. Uh, as far as the passing game is concerned, they're allowing 123 rushing yards per game and have allowed 21 rushing touchdowns. So I guess that's that's how you get Carolina. You know, you just you just run a bunch and you get up and then you don't have to throw to beat them because Carolina's really not going to score with you. So it's probably not so much that they have the talent on the defensive end that you just don't have to throw to beat them. Yeah, what it was. That's what I suspect. Okay, so now we'll go into the best running back schedules, and these are these are some old guard um, by and large, and some interesting ones at this point in time. So Derrick Henry, top of the list, he gets Houston twice, and then he gets Seattle. So it makes sense, but Derrick Henry on a per touch basis hasn't really looked good the last couple of weeks. He's just somehow scoring two touchdowns every week, um, and and also not being concussed, um, apparently uh, at the end of the day. Then Austin Eckler who has at Las Vegas versus Buffalo at Denver um, as a running back. Yeah, that's a tasty schedule, but it's now with Easton Stick. So that has to factor in. DeAndre Swift has at Seattle versus the New York Giants and versus Arizona. Again, a nice schedule, but Swift has not been getting the work, and the Eagles have not been running the ball well. And I just said that they didn't even target a running back at all against Dallas in a game where they were chasing points. So I don't, I don't know. You're going to start them, right, just in this environment. But I wouldn't – I guess the matchups are good, but just the 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 outlook, I'd be a little tepid. And then last is Bijan Robinson at Carolina versus Indy at Chicago. Um, that's a, a pretty decent stretch for Bijan. These are all likely must-start guys at this point in time. But um, any of those guys stick out to you as far as the players and the matchups are concerned? If I'm not mistaken, Henry gets Houston twice. And if I'm not mistaken, he has put up like five of his yeah. best six games have been against Houston. So I wheels up for that. I, I think I told you in one league, I was able to get him. He has had multiple 200 yard 
Yeah. Where, where I, I, I'm in a league where I have to win because it's a pretty decent money to come in first place. It's a bigger league. And uh, I was able to get him as a win now for a first next year. And like I said, it's like a 70 fucking team league and it's blind bid money. It's not even an actual draft pick. So I was like, take, take my, take my pittance of cash here and give me this guy. Cause I, I looked at his lineup already and I liked his lineup down the stretch, his uh, schedule down the stretch. So I'm full on board with that. And then the only thing with Eckler is, you know, we talked about already with uh, the chargers, if stick is in there, I mean, aren't opposing defenses going to go, well, let's shut down Eckler and kind of roll coverage <laughs> over to Keenan Allen and make this Easton stick fella, fella beat us. So I think Eckler is going to be heavily used. I think he'll get the touches. Will he be productive on him? I, I have some concern. But again, you're not fucking benching that guy now that you're in the playoffs either. So you got to go down with the ship no matter what happens. Yeah, and as far as that uh, Derrick Henry matchup this week goes, right, there's no way that C.J. Stroud's going to play. So it's probably going to be a low-scoring game where Tennessee's not going to have to chase points, which then likely means more Derrick Henry, right? So, you know, as, as far as environment's concerned, this is it's setting up beautifully for Derrick Henry, you know, to kick off your fantasy football playoffs at home against the Houston Texans. We pivot to uh, bad matchups at this point in time. So it's uh, someone who's been largely matchup proof because of his involvement in the offense. But Saquon Barkley is listed as far as bad matchups. There's at New Orleans, at Philadelphia, then verse the Los Angeles Rams. So those first two, I totally get. I'm not. I don't know offhand how good the Rams are. You know, as the the Giants have to go on the road the next two weeks um, against tough run defenses and the Saints and the Eagles. But you're definitely starting Saquon. And then the other was the aforementioned. Texans, who now kind of work a split backfield between Devin Singletary and Damian Pierce, going at Tennessee versus Cleveland versus Tennessee. That is an absolute murderer's row for running back. <laughs> so it wouldn't matter if one of them had the job or CJ Stroud was healthy. Uh, you can't start either of those guys right now. Nope. Um, give a split in the matchups. They are stay away the fantasy playoffs. Yeah. All right, let's keep yeah, this don't, train. Don't moving. disagree so with that. Now we're going to look bit. at wide receivers, and obviously with the pro- now the proliferation of two split uh, two wide receiver teams. Best playoff matchups are the Seattle Seahawks. So we're talking Metcalf and Lockett versus Philly at Tennessee versus Pittsburgh. That is just delicious. The Los Angeles Rams have Cooper Cup Nakua. They go versus Washington versus Saints at Giants again. Drool worthy. And then lastly, and you shit on Jerry Judy a minute ago, and I, I can't defend the man anymore, but the Broncos with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy get at Detroit versus New England versus the Los Angeles Chargers. So all three have very good pass friendly matchups in, in the next several weeks. I really like that setup for the Seattle Seahawks, but we probably need to get Geno back. Not that uh, Drew Locke was terrible against the 49ers, but for those two to really take advantage of those playoff matchups. We need Gino back on their center, right? When you, absolutely. When you take into account who Drew Locke is and the Niners defense, 
we may have witnessed the greatest performance in NFL history. <laughs> I mean, that guy should have had five fucking interceptions. That guy sucks. He is fucking terrible. I, I don't even know how he <laughs> had the stat line that he did. But yes, uh, without Gene, I, this is looking at the body of his his body of work. This game was a fucking outlier. That guy is horrific. And the beauty of but, it is, I I read uh, someone that recapped the game, and Locke was great through three quarters. Both of his interceptions came in the fourth quarter, so he was playing Chef's kiss flawlessly. Chef's and then he kiss imploded. He drew locked it. It's perfect. Yeah. All right. So from the good to the bad, we already mentioned the Dolphins and their schedules. Well, that impacts those wide receivers as well. So we'll. We won't belabor the point, but versus Jets versus Dallas at Baltimore. That's a tough slate for those pass catchers and for Aren't two. injured well. Tyree Kill. And injured Tyree Kill, yeah. And Jalen Waddles really did, had a lost season as well. So it's a, yeah. it's, it's a bad stretch for those Miami Dolphins. All around, you know, especially from a fantasy football perspective. The Washington Commanders. So Terry McLaurin and John Dodson largely get at Rams at Jets versus 49ers. You know, Terry McLaurin hasn't really been startable this year. And John Dodson's only had like one or two relevant games. Somehow Sam Howell was getting there all year and not having like a bona fide stud wide receiver doing it. He's spreading the ball all around every wide receiver, every tight end, all the running backs uh, are getting work here. So I wouldn't have faith in either of those guys to begin with. And then those matchups kind of make yeah. them take them really down to like I, I best case flex got- territory. If you're in the playoffs, you have better options. We didn't lose any major receivers yeah. this week. So, yeah, don't. I would not play any of them at all. Yeah. And, and then the Mike Evans at the Bucks. He's He's been a revelation this year, by and large. Didn't have a great game this past week. But at Green Bay versus Jacksonville versus New Orleans. That versus New Orleans, hopefully Lattimore's back for that one so we can at least be entertained by Mike oh. Evans. But. You know, he was a play a league winner last year in the playoffs, and he has a pretty difficult schedule uh, this year. And Baker Mayfield's finding a way to try to throw for under 200 yards and 25 attempts every week, it seems like. He is peppering Mike Evans. <laughs> he, he is, even with the limited touches. So, all of them onto the tight ends, and then we're going we're gonna to get rolling, John. So, the best tight end matchups are two of the top guys. So, first is TJ Hawkinson. Um, Nick Mullins, I, I believe, is more competent than Dobbs, and he doesn't run. I agree. So we're going to get more pass attempts out of this offense, right? So Vikings get it, at Cincinnati if- versus Detroit and versus Green Bay the next three weeks. TJ Hawkinson is going to explode in the fantasy football. And if offense. Jefferson's out, yeah, he, he should fucking put up a, a, a monster playoff run. Exactly. And again, I do not expect Justin Jefferson to take another snap for the Minnesota Vikings this year. The other player, we mentioned him earlier, Chief David Njoku with the Browns. He has been brought back to life by Joe Flacco. Elite Joe Flacco, that is. They get home versus Chicago at Houston, then home versus the Jets the next three weeks. So that is a great slate for David Njoku to close the fantasy football season. And he has been trending this year. Not really much to talk about on that end. We know those guys. So let's just talk about the worst tight end matchups and get out of here. Um, there's been a bit of a lull for Dalton Schultz. He got hurt right after we traded you for him in the, the Nick at Night League. And uh, now he has C.J. Stroud and concussion protocol. But that at Tennessee versus Cleveland versus Tennessee finish, 
is not good for Dalton Schultz. And then the second player, Evan Ingram, who just had an absolute monster performance, uh, tight end one overall, I believe, this past week, gets versus Baltimore at Tampa Bay versus Carolina to finish. So not really much you can do. You're going to start at least Evan Ingram. You might have already had to figure out an alternative to Dalton Schultz. But not, I would, it's kind of a temper expectations um, situation with, with Evan Ingram. I think the, the, bright, the, the, the bright side with him, and I think it panned out this past week, is without Christian Kirk there, Evan Ingram is more of a third wide receiver really than even a tight end. Yeah, and you know we mentioned the C.J. Stroud injury. I mean, he's even. <laughs> he's even. Schultz has a terrible matchup, but with Davis Mills in there, I mean, it's he's un unplayable entirely. And, and let's say, I mean, I, I'm not right. looking at the playoff picture in front of me, but yeah, if they if they lose this week, and let's say it's not even looking like they're going to the playoffs, I, I know it'd be fun for trying to get Stroud to set a shit ton of records, but. It, they're they would be more wise to shut the guy down. Currently, they're eight, so they're out of the playoff picture already. So if they lose again this week and fall back further in this uh, playoff chase, uh, you know we're talking about Abel getting shut down already. Why not Stroud too? There, it is more likely than not. So yeah, Dalton Schultz is completely dead for fantasy to close the year out. Well, I guess the good thing if you're a Stroud fantasy owner is that the te- Texans don't own their first round pick next year. So they don't really have incentive to sit Shroud if he's healthy, <laughs> right? I get keep keeping him safe, but I could see him. No, I'm thinking just keeping him safe. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, listen, no need to rush him back. NFL teams start. I ain't worried about that. I think he plays again this year, but I, I don't envision him playing this week and they're a two and a half point dog uh, in Tennessee. So they be one step further removed from the fantasy playoffs, you know, so, sorry from the NFL playoffs. So that could certainly, uh, could certainly be the case. Oof. And Davis Mills, was, Davis Mills was one for five for four yards. And that was a check down. It looks like to Dario Gumbawale to finish the week. Just in case anyone was curious about we've reached Dari Ugunbawale, Mr. Long neck Davis Mills. <laughs> I got to look at a picture of him. He's fantastic. Was it was it uh, old Niners cornerback Mervin Hanks or something? Oh yeah, Swervin Mervin. Fucking guy he had a neck like a giraffe. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Never seen never seen that on a human being in my life. I mean it's it's, it's inhuman. It's not, it's not natural. No, what about uh what's his name? Mike Lennon. That dude had a neck for days. But he was also like six eight. Yeah. I mean he needed a long neck. Yeah. Well, that's also probably what made him six eight. <laughs> <laughs> he would have been six. He's really six foot tall. <laughs> had an eight inch neck. Fuck. <laughs> ah, that's a perfect. Making fun of these long neck idiots to get out of here. So none they don't do it. Huh? And none of them were good. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> Hanks is good, wasn't he? Who yeah. cares? Stupid long necked idiots. No. All right. They don't do it. It'll do it for us. Uh, good luck in the playoffs, unless you're playing us, in which case I wish only all the ills of the world upon you. But for myself, John Debari, my co-host, Matt Walker, and our friends at Expand the Box Score, we are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here. <laughs> and he always 
tells them they're right and they're fucking so stupid and proud they're like yes yeah so he'll be like how many eggs in a dozen and people be like 10 and he goes yes they're like they're so proud they're so fucking proud they're so fucking stupid (laughs) oh it's amazing there's a bunch of dumb people in this world oh no incredibly dumb have to shine a light on that as its own beauty. This is true. Our kids are oh, fucked. Yeah. Well, listen, they say always oh, hey, you can't fix stupid, right? And that's absolutely true. But our kids are partial fucked, right? Like just by virtue. Oh, totally fucked. Trying to. Oh, no. See, now I go the. As long as you don't. As long as you teach them a handful of reasonable things, you're like a top 10 percenter just by default nowadays. I mean, there's fucking most major city fucking students don't read at like grade level. So if you, your kids can just learn to speak, they're fucking more likely, you know, they're way ahead of the curve. <laughs> it's yeah, a I shitty mean, world yeah, to yeah. grow up in, but you're going with it in the land of the blind. The one eyed man is king. Is that what correct. It? Is that what you're going with? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's true. That is factual. Um, doesn't make me feel any better about it. Yeah, but what can we do? We had them, so we got to raise them. Well, look, you're you're already a top ten percent parent. Most people <laughs> don't even. Most people just stopped it. I had them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you want a cookie? Just the fact that you said raise them, but mm-hmm. you you're a top ten percent parent nowadays. I have to let my kids listen to this. Yeah, see what your dad's doing for you? 